coming up, it's time for the Mid-Season Award Show, bringing down the MVP, Cy Young, and a whole bunch more with Sully Baseball next. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. And there you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Lockdown Dimebacks on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Now, a jump to the mid-season award show with Sully Baseball bringing down all the early awards from the halfway point of the season. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% off on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com. And hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. It must be Monday with Millard. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully right over there. That's Millard Thomas. He is the host of Locked On Diamondbacks. We get together every week to chat about baseball and the state of the game. And man, oh man, it is the mid-season part of the year and we're going to reflect we're going to reflect on who we think should win certain awards we're going to reflect on who is going to surprise us this october and we are going to reflect on the fate of one of the game's great superstars who's playing in a lineup so thin that millard and i could be platoon we could platoon it we wouldn't start but we would platoon um, hey, Millard, where can people, uh, where do people find you on the social media? Hey, just follow me on Twitter, personal account, at CreatorThomas24. And if you want to follow the show account, just look up Lockdown Diamondbacks on Twitter and Instagram. Just type it in that little search bar. I'm sure you can find the podcast handle. And you can find us at Lockdown MLB Pods at both Twitter and Instagram. Look down there. That's my that's my handle, Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So if you listen, uh, the show I did just prior to this, I recapped. The games that happened over the weekend and the fact that the man, you know how I said it's never the wrong time in the year to win a week's worth of games. Oh, yeah. Favorite phrase you got. Well, it's never the wrong time of the year to win two weeks worth of games. 
That's what the Seattle Mariners wound up doing. And uh, wow, the Baltimore Orioles, too, even though they lost yeah. the final game there to Tampa, finishing the season at the at even 500. Man, that is uh, quite a turn of events in Baltimore. Uh, we had Dan Rodericks of the Baltimore Sun on a podcast that I dropped on this Saturday. We had a great conversation. He is one of the absolute stalwarts of the Baltimore media. He's had a column for the last 45 years in Baltimore, and he's a friend of the podcast, and we talked a little bit about the Orioles. But, hey, it's the midseason. I'm not officially. Officially, we've passed the midseason, but this is the yep. mid midpoint. This is where we take a little break and we can reflect. And, Miller, let's talk a little bit. We talked a little bit yes, uh, yesterday. The last time we did this, we talked a little bit about who we thought the the top teams were, the top contenders. And we did make a couple of points of who we thought the MVPs and everything were. But let's go down the big, the big ones. Let's go down um, uh, MVP, Cy Young, Manager of the Year, Rookie of the Year, um, and also who we think the next manager to be fired is because – Man, oh man, is that's an unpredictable thing. But uh, let's go. Just go through. Let's go to the. Uh, you're a National League guy. Let's start with the National League. Who's your MVP at this point? Okay, my MVP. I got down my three finalists here. I'll start from the bottom. Number three, I got Pete Alonso of the New York Mets. He's been a, a major impact slugger in the middle of the lineup. The power he's able to uh, display for the Mets this season has been really impactful this season. He's been incredible for them once again, and he's looked to be back to that. Maybe rookie Pete Alonso when he hit the 50-plus home runs because he, he was still great as a sophomore, but it felt like he took a step back a little bit. I think he's back to being that superstar first baseman. I think he's entrenched himself heavily in the MVP conversation. So he's number three right now for me from the New York Mets. Number two, I got Manny Machado of the San Diego Padres because the Padres have been really good this season. Their offense has been fantastic. And when you look at that lineup, it hasn't been a lot of great performers outside of Manny Machado who has had to carry uh, uh, just a way bigger load without Fernando Tatis this year. We know Manny Machado is one of the, you know, one of the game's favorite players to get hated on because, you know, so many different things, whether it's be. I just, like him. You know, I like him. Yeah, we know he's a polarizing figure, but he's been fantastic so far this year for the Padres. He's number two right now on my NL MVP finalist list. The number one, it hurts me to say, but he's the runaway favorite because he's leading basically the NL in every major offensive statistical category. And that is Paul Goldschmidt of the St. Louis Cardinals, who just entered his the 300 home run club. He's been fantastic all season from start to finish. Um, it's been a phenomenal season. It's been the Goldie season. So right now he's the MVP in the National League, and it's not even close. Uh, I completely line up with all those. I mean, I do give a lot of love to Dansby Swanson and to Nolan Arenado as well. But, yeah, I think – and if Harper was not injured, I would put him in there yeah. as well. Um, Joel Sherman of the New York Post wrote about Paul Goldschmidt. I'm just going to read a little bit from his column. The major league slash line with two strikes is a batting average of 168 on base of 242 and slugging of 264. Okay, that's the major league slash line. Goldschmidt's is 270, so 100 points higher than the Major League Slash line. Uh, more than 100 points higher in slugging and almost 250 points higher in uh, uh, in slugging and almost 100 points higher in on-base percentage. In other words, with two strikes, he has a good slash line for any point in the count. But with two strikes, he hits on an elite level. I mean, you break down his stats in every way, shape, or form. 
And St. Louis has had an up and down season. And they're they're right now they're they're nipping right at Milwaukee's heels for the lead. But yeah, I think that the what Goldschmidt has meant to that team is um yeah, and he's, this is like some of the best baseball we've seen from him in his career because that first season in St. Louis, it was a little bit of a step back. He really started slow those first couple months before he took off. But you look at the last two years in St. Louis, like Paul Goldschmidt flat out now has been like a, a top 10 player in baseball, and he's been incredible in the middle of the lineup. And um, I, I think, the, I mean, we look at that trade again, like we always talk about, like it was just a straight fleece by the Cardinals, and it was a game-changing, franchise-changing franchise changing move for them um, moving forward. Let's uh, take a look at the uh... – AL MVP. I'm just going to go first there. Uh, I have Judge 1, mm-hmm. uh, Jose Ramirez 2, and I have – I guess I should be building up for the suspense there. I have Otani <laughs> 3. I have – I had Trout, Alvarez, and Devers high up, but, you know, I, I mean, Devers is still great. He's the only one who showed up for the last couple of games against the mm-hmm. Yankees. Uh, Trout, Trout's injury um, will probably lower his stats and, and – you know, if he does, if you're on a, a team that stinks and your stats aren't elite, I mean, he's still going to have a great year and he could very well win the MVP. He could have a great second half. But if there's an angel who's going to do that, it's going to be Otani because he's he's putting together a Cy Young argument as well. Uh, but what Judge has done, uh, you know, Alvarez is, again, I'm not Alvarez, I'm sorry, uh, Jose Ramirez, mm-hmm. what he's, he's my number two. He's my runner up because the Guardians are right in it. And they're making a run at the division as well. And he is carrying that offense big time. But the the judge is having an all-time season. And barring injury, he's going to hit 50-some-odd home runs this year. Yeah, he's having a crazy year. He's probably having the most fun year in the American League, the biggest spectacle of the year. He's number one on my list as well. I have Jordan Alvarez number three because if you care about WRC+, plus, which is like probably the most trendy stat used over the last few years, Jordan Alvarez is running away with that stat in the American mm-hmm. League. According to that, he's like 20 points better than anyone else. Second is actually our guy Rafael Devers over Aaron Judge, but I still have Alvarez three. And then number two, I actually have Shohei Otani just because I feel like the man, like, again, offensively has been one of the best players in baseball. Maybe a step back from last season offensively, but still an incredible slugger. And then you look at from a pitching perspective, he's taking a step up from last season. He's won, like, he's legitimately yeah. in the Cy Young race right now, um, depending yeah. on how many starts he's going to finish with. Like, he's been incredible this year. So I feel like when you think about the spiritually of the award or what an MVP is, like, I think Otani just – Regardless of record, has to be top two because there's literally nothing more he can do when we talk about value to a team. Sully Baseball will get into the Cy Young Award race. And can one of those pitchers bring home a championship ring to their team? And speaking of rings, whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's Ben Jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind, just like her. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces, and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today.
right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. Yeah, in fact, let's go right to the Cy Young. I'll 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 build it up. Um, okay, I have uh, number three. I have uh, Verlander of the Astros. He's having uh, a marvelous season. Don't let Brett have, hear that. Don't let Brett hear that talk now. So, no, like number three. Oh, I I have uh, number two. I have Otani. Okay, um, and and I have uh, Shane McClanahan of the Rays, who is just very quietly having uh, an unbelievably great season. Um, you know, I mean, Verlander, I mean, again, I Verlander could be two. I mean, it's the midway point. And so there's a lot of coin tosses here. I have Otani high up there just because he's been, he, he's not blessed with a great lineup nor a great bullpen around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you imagine how bad the Angels would be without him? Totally. Well, McClanahan, I think, is just having that great year. A little bit under the radar, of course, but uh, having a fantastic season for Tampa. Yeah, I think McClanahan's problem is the fact that he plays for Tampa, a team that's already kind of unassuming. And McClanahan, I mean, if you look at the stats, he's basically like Goldschmidt as a pitcher. Like he's running away with every offensive category. He's the AL version of Sandy Alcantara. So um, he's been phenomenal so far this year. Otani is on my short list, but I don't actually have him in my Cy Young race. It's probably Fair enough. Because, yeah, just probably just because he starts like every six day. If he was like a normal, you know, every five day starter, I think he's right there in the mix. But overall, I have Verlander up too. I have Shane number one, like you but i do have blue jays alec manoa i know you had yeah as your preseason pick but manoa (laughs) this year he's just yeah we won't even talk about that but manoa this year has been absolutely phenomenal kevin gosman too i think he's been deserving of an all-star selection from that rotation but manoa has just been a freaking stud out that rotation for the blue jays and even though charlie still got fired manoa has been a bright spot for that team well, and also let's give shout outs to two other pitchers who are kind of a little bit under the radar right now, but Framber Valdez of the Astros yeah. and Martin Perez of Shocking. the Texas Rangers are on having both having very, very good seasons. Martin Perez is is yeah, absolutely startling. So I don't know if, if Martin Perez is gonna make the top ten uh Cy Young, but it's worth shouting out when you have someone who is having a legit all star season like that that kind of you know takes you catch you off guard. Uh I think you hinted at the NL Cy Young. I'm going to throw mine. Um, and again, there's a bunch of names for second or third place. I know. Uh, I think it's a little tough for them in the American League this year for some. Well, I think the, I think the top spot's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. The uh, top spot's easy. The, after that, like you said. After that, there's 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 a rotation, which I would I would have no problem. I have Corbin Burns, three. I have Max Fried of Atlanta, two. That's and, I have, and I have Alcantara of the uh, Marlins at the top. But Gonsolin or... Zach Wheeler. I mean, there's a bunch of other ones that could be up there. And and even uh uh Kershaw. I mean, they're all a lot of these pitchers are having unbelievably great years, but but uh Alcantara with uh uh the Mar- the Marlins, he's he's running away with it, in my opinion. Yeah, I got Sandy one two, I got Burns number two for me, and then I actually have Carlos Rondon number three oh, yeah. who was almost not even made the all-star team if it wasn't for injury, and he's number three on my Cy Young list because he's been phenomenal when it comes to strikeouts, run prevention this year for the Giants. And with Kevin Gosman leaving, like we know Rondon has had like a you know kind of a checkered history when it comes to injuries and stuff, but he's right. been healthy and he's been worth that contract, which was the value at the time of the offseason. So that was a huge pickup for the Giants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I have no problem with any of those. I would have no problem with the the cluster of pitchers from two to five in the vote. It's just the vote at number one is to me pretty. It's run. Pretty, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty clear. Um, okay, let's there's let's go to a really tough one right now. 
Mm. At least tough for me because there are two that are right at the top for me. So I'm going to do AL Rookie of the Year. Let's hear okay. yours because I have two that are basically a coin flip at this point. Okay. For number three in my finalist, I got Bobby Witt Jr. of the Royals. Mm-hmm. He's had a pretty uh, good season. I mean, he's a rookie, but he's got around 750 OPS, <clears throat> double-digit home runs, double-digit mm-hmm. steals, showing basically all the tools he has. He's flashed this year. Basically, what you want from a high-ranking prospect rookie, Bobby Witt Jr., who's super young, he's shown you everything you would want as a Royals yep. fan. So he's number mm-hmm. three. Number two is Jeremy Pena, who I really didn't know who he was was entering the season but he's just been good from start to finish with a high average can hit for power can steal some bases as well he's been the perfect carlos correa replacement over there in houston so i like pena he's number two on my rookie of the year list and then i think number one it's kind of right now kind of run away because julio rodriguez of the seattle mariners a catalyst on that offensive um side of the ball for a mariners team that is streaking right now double digit home runs he's got like 20 plus steals and he's going to the all-star game as a rookie as well 800 plus ops julio rodriguez Rodriguez might be the next Ken Griffey Jr. That's very high praise, but he's definitely looks like he could be a multi-time all-star, maybe a potentially future Hall of Famer, but probably not as good as the kid. But if he gets 80% there, you're going to be pretty happy as a Mariner. Hey, it's 60% is pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, you and I have the exact same, but I, I have pain. Okay, I have Witt Jr. number three. He's a fine player, and mm-hmm. he's having a good rookie year. Um, I have Pena two and Rodriguez one. I'll tell you why I have mine so close. Mm-hmm. Um, just by pure numbers, Rodriguez is the pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, he and also by the fact that right around the time he started catching fire, the Mariners caught fire too, mm-hmm. and that the fact they're on this unbelievable streak and he's he had a huge grand slam the other day against Texas. He's always in the middle of everything, st- stealing bases, playing great defense. He's everything that they were, uh, that as advertised. Yeah. So he is my, you and I agree. The reason why I have, a, I have to sort of look at it a little, I don't think it's the runaway, like say, you know, uh, uh, you know, Goldschmidt with the MVP is the fact that Pena had to fill in for Correa. Mm-hmm. He had Correa's gone. The guy who really was the the keystone of that team, who really got it, and even in when the Astros became the great villains of baseball, he was the one who kind of was like, "Okay, that's who we are. Then that's who we are. Then let's let's not fight it. Let's get back to the World Series and and prove. And with everyone scrutinizing us and watching our every move, we're going to go back to the World Series anyway." He seemed to relish the bad guy role but also relish playing for Houston, all these things. And when he left, I thought that was going to be too much of a kick in the crotch for the Astros to truly recover from. And Pena has stepped in, and the Astros haven't missed a beat. And I know that's maybe a little subjective, um, but I really think the fact that he had that burden and that he's played so well I have to give him a ton of credit. Rodriguez is still my pick, but I don't want to overlook what Pena has done for the Astros for this season. No, it's been tough. I mean, when you talk about shoes to fill, like Carlos Correa was a face of that franchise. He was homegrown, a heartbeat of the lineup. Great defensive player was one of the clutchest postseason players that team has had. And for Pena to immediately step in from day one and just have immediate success and basically look like a a replica version of Carlos Correa at the shortstop position has been a revelation for Houston. But speaking of Julio Rodriguez, one thing, you know, if I had to grade it on a curve for him, like, the pressure coming into the season after watching Jared Kalenic, I think the previous season as a high-ranking rookie really struggle. I think that might have 
and that could have put some unnecessary pressure maybe on Julio Rodriguez. Maybe like, oh, can I really do this after seeing the top guys struggle last year? And the fact that he's able to step up to the moment and actually exceed expectations so far as a rookie after seeing the way Jerry Kalenic has struggled, I think the contrast there between those two players has been a really interesting storyline to follow from the Seattle Mariners um, this year. No, I don't. I'm not taking anything away from Rodriguez. It's having a wonderful year. Yeah, I just, I just, I just want to make that point. Who's going to win the Rookie of the Year race? Sully Baseball and I are going to discuss next. But if you want to place your own bet on who's going to win Rookie of the Year, like Alec Thomas, you need to head to betonline.net because it's your number one source for your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. And which NFL stars move the betting lines the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at BetOnline. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. Okay, quickly, let's go to the uh, the NL Rookie of the Year. This one ha- also has, uh, I don't know, there's a couple of really good ones in there. Um, my number three is uh, Spencer Strider, mm-hmm. who is pitching very well for the Atlanta Braves, giving them a, that depth they need in the rotation, uh, especially, you know, they're make, trying to make a run at it, and they're making a run at the Mets, who they lost on Sunday, but that seems like the first time they've lost in a month. Um, and my number two is Mackenzie Gore, who has had some big, big games for San Diego. But uh, I have Michael Harris the second from mm-hmm. Atlanta, who you know he's been he's had a great defensive center field, has allowed them to play um, Acuna elsewhere, um, and to give them that depth in the outfield. And you know, basically, when he can, when he was called up. The Braves have been the best team in baseball. You know, if you look at the, if you look at, you know, I mean, I hate to use terms like, but like, like I do the same thing with Rodriguez. When Rodriguez stepped in and really started catching fire, the Mariners can't be stopped. When Harris really started injecting himself into the lineup, the Braves have looked like the defending World Series champions. So I have Harris as my, uh, um, my leader. But, you know, if Mackenzie Gore has a great second half, he could definitely take it too. Yeah, Mackenzie Gore started really hot when he first came up. He's cooled off a little bit, but I think that's still... He had a great um, game the other day, though. He had a very good yeah, game the other day. I won't, so. Yeah, I won't disagree with any of what you said so far. I think for my number three, I'm projecting a little bit of where I think he's going to finish in the standings. Mm-hmm. And it's also a little bit of a homer pick, I'll, say, I'll admit, but I'm putting Alec Thomas, number three, who's been a pretty good rookie so far this year. Maybe you could say someone like Mackenzie Gore has been a little bit better this year um, than him, but since Alec Thomas has been called up, the D-backs defense has really taken off where he's been able to do in center field. He's been robbing home run catches making full out diving plays like he, he's saved so many runs for the d-backs this year so far um 
defensively in center field, and he's also a great table setter at the top of the lineup. I like Alec Thomas a lot. He's that number three for me. Number two is the guy who you mentioned, Michael Harris of the Atlanta Braves, who has been really good. Like you said, catalyst since he's been called up. And then number one for me, I actually have Spencer Strider. And that's really interesting when you look at this Braves team because Mm -hmm. they're coming off the World Series, and now they're going to have potentially two guys in like the top three of the Rookie of the Year voting. Like That's what you want to see as a World Series contender. Like You're going to be able to spend money in the offseason and call up homegrown guys to just keep churning and churning the wheel like that's what you want to see as a franchise that's how you build um consistent success all right well let's go to manager of the year um uh right now my number three is scott service based on the turnaround the mariners did um my number uh my number two right now is aaron boone Mm -hmm. uh and my number one is dusty but i think that's really they could go either way on either one of those uh you know everyone was wanting to fire boone last year and they're playing unbelievably great and i have to eat a ton of crow about i didn't think they would be able to have a great season um i i like what Dusty. Uh, you know ironically i like what dusty's done with the pitching staff uh which he's always been crapped on his mm-hmm. whole life but you know when you lose a player like correa uh, and you know the team is getting a little bit older, and still you take control of the division. Uh, right now, I mean, again, it's either or. Uh, depends on what day you ask me, but right now it's going to be between Boone and Baker, um, two heavily scrutinized managers, even though Dusty has won the manager of the year several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's going to be one of those two. Yeah, Boone, um, his team is, of course, having a great season, but I don't want he's an honorable mention for me just because he's Aaron Boone and I, it's all a facade with the, what he's doing up there in New York. So he's an honorable mention for me. Having a great season, though. But number three, I'm going to agree. Scott Service of the Mariners for what he's done this year. Yeah, the first half of the year might not have been the best for the Mariners, but how about that second half? How about that 14 game winning streak? They're basically the anti LA Angels with how they've been able to turn it around. So proud of you guys, Mariners. Um, number two, I actually have the Twins manager. Uh, Rocco Baldelli just because uh, I'd still look at that Twins roster. I'm like, I'm not very impressed, but somehow they're winning games and the rotation had just been serviceable. The offense has done enough and Baldelli has been able to keep that team together. So I respect what he's been able to do for a team that I don't love, but they're winning games. So he's my number two manager. And the number one, like you said, Dusty Baker. I mean, the Astros are just a team with so much baggage. I mean, you just got to manage so much from an outside perspective when it comes to that Astros team. And then you have Carlos Correa leaving. Um, You got guys like Verlander coming back into the rotation, guys like Lance McCullough out for the season. Just a lot of moving parts for Dusty Baker. He's able to um, manage all those moving parts. And the Astros, I mean, we, we feel like the Yankees are the runaway team in the American League, but there's like a two-game difference between both of those teams. Yeah. I mean, the run differential is a lot bigger for the Yankees, but in terms of production on the field, both of those teams are a lot closer than what people, I think, realize when you talk about them um, nationally. So Dusty Baker is my number one for uh, manager of the year right now in the American League. And the National League, uh, who do you have? In the National League, I got number three. I got Brian Snitker of the Atlanta Braves, who, again, coming off the World Series, sometimes you have that World Series hangover people talking about. And it seems like the Braves did have it for maybe the first month of the season, but you could uh, attribute that to the extended lockout and things like that, extended preseason and spring training, because there's a lot of teams that started the season slow. So maybe we give them a little uh, of a pass for that. But the Braves, I think, have really been able to pick it up. They had a pretty long winning streak at one point of the season as well, whereas double digit streets. Um, so I think Brian right now is number three on my manager of the year list. Number two, I got Bob Melvin, who stepped in to that Padres um 
managerial role uh role after they fired their manager uh jace tingler before him after you know the big collapse of last season the padres had come into this season with high expectations then all of a sudden fernando tatis jr he's hurt you know he's gonna be out months and melvin's been able to right the ship we know he's been a good manager we know he's able to do with the lack of talent from watching him in oakland so it's no surprise that this padres team with you know star players like uh fernando tatis out they're still competitive and they're still winning games and that's a big reason um goes to bob melvin for that and then number one on my list i got buck showalter who was like a free agent this offseason when it comes to managerial candidates a whole bunch of teams wanted him he is a throwback manager he's been one of the best managers in baseball and he's still showing you at 80 plus years old he's still as sharp as he ever was and the mets are right now looking like one of the best teams in baseball they might have the strongest uh overall roster on paper so deep so buck showalter right now for what he's been able to do bring some energy bring some life to new york and finally got a big boy running that team over there um, with the Mets because we know some of their managers over the years have been kind of hit or miss. So Buck Walter, he's been the man so far in New York, and he's number one on my list. I have uh, Bob Melvin. I mean, so many former Diamondback managers I'm going to mention here, but I have uh, Bob Melvin at three, uh, dealing with the injuries and everything with San Diego. Uh, Snitker I have at two for a lot of the same reasons you have. Um, you know, all, no, no disrespect to Dave Roberts, but I just think uh, – you know, I, you know, he just has a, a some of these others have a harder job. Uh, and um, I have the show at the top. I mean, he he had both uh, DeGrom and Scherzer injured at the same time with the Braves going a major winning streak and they never surrendered first place. I mean, that to me, if that's not the reason to do it, I, I don't know what to tell you. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for part two with Sully Baseball. Talking about that Juan Soto mega contract that he turned down and so much more. Shout out to Sully Baseball for these crossovers. Um, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Go make your second listen of the day. Lockdown MLB Prospects with host of Lindsey Crosby. Prospect Encyclopedia. And at the time of, of me recording this, D-backs have selected Drew Jones. We'll talk about that probably a little bit on tomorrow's pod or we'll save it for our crossover with Lindsay that will definitely be coming this week because we got to break down a little Drew Jones. The D-backs are able to get him. Who cares about Josh Van Meter's walk-off? It was, it was all worth it in the end. So shout out to Drew Jones, Arizona Dimeback. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces.